0: Hey, so welcome to this episode of the AlexCast. I'm Alex, and tonight I have Sally Smash on the show, at Sally Smash on Twitter. A really nice lady, uh, very uh, informative, uh, smart. Uh, Yeah, it's a fun conversation, so uh, you guys should listen to it. But before that, uh, please let me tell you, direct all of your stuff to AlexCast.com. Alex, always spelled with two X's, AlexCast.com. Uh, that is where you will find uh, the links to the show, links to my writings. I have a book out, a new novel called Periphery. You can find that there. Uh, if you're going to shop on Amazon, click the Amazon link before you shop on Amazon because, hey, uh, that gives me a little chunk of change off your purchase and you don't have to pay a red cent extra. So booyah. It's my birthday next week. So how about you buy yourself through Amazon a bunch of copies of Periphery and, you know, burn them or give them to your friends, whatever you want to do. But it would be nice. Yes, so do that. There's also an Audible link. You can get your free audiobook there, and yeah, that'll be good. Also, uh, there is a little bar I like to go to called facebook.com slash thestandardpdx. That'd be a dumb name for a bar. The actual bar is called The Standard, but their Facebook address is facebook.com slash thestandardpdx. They're at uh, 14 Northeast 22nd Ave in Portland, Oregon, and it's right off of uh, East Burnside Ave. Uh, just turned out to 22nd. And yeah, so that is that. It's a wonderful place you should go. Sunday nights, $2 beers. In fact, I was there... The other night with Mr. Zachariah Watha, a wonderful man, really great to meet him. So shout out to him. And yeah, you should go there and uh, enjoy yourselves. A $2 beer on uh, Sundays, $1 hams on Wednesdays, I take that back, and other drink specials every other night of the week. But I don't know those because I, you know, I don't drink them. So that's, that's those things right there. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. And I'd also like to t- take a second uh, out of the podcast before we start to say uh, to Stephanie, and I'm only saying this because I think that'll probably embarrass you more than, uh, than uh, jokingly insulting you last week. I think you're a beautiful young woman. I think you're uh, fetching. I think you're fun to be around. And uh, if, if I, we weren't friends, I would have drunkenly tried to make out with you multiple times by now. And I think you're not as hard-hearted as you let yourself on to be. You are a delicate and lovely person. And please, please understand that from now until the end of time. All of us together in harmony with the universe. Chant Om and join us on the AlexCast with Miss Sally Smash. <music> Hi, guys. My name is Alex. I host a podcast. That podcast is called The Alex Cast. It's used taking my first name and then the second syllable of podcast, combining them to be The Alex Cast. I never said I was very inventive. Tonight, I have on the show a uh, delightful young lady from, I think, Chicago. If not, we're going to pretend. And uh, yes, so please welcome, uh, audience, uh, Miss Sally Smash. Hello. 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 That was your awesome intro
1: that was an awesome intro and so. sort of sort of Chicago I I'm not from Chicago but i I live north of Chicago and it's easier than telling people where exactly I live so yeah I you know just say Chicago
0: I know this uh, technique well I when I say where I grew up originally uh, on the East Coast I say I grew up just outside of Manhattan because uh, if you say which would be in New Jersey but if you say New Jersey it calls up all these images that have absolutely nothing to do with my youth and I'm not familiar with. Like, the shore area, which I've been to all of maybe seven times in my entire life, so. mm.
1: Also, Jersey doesn't have a great reputation, really. Most people are, you say Jersey, and I immediately go to kind of armpit of America status, so.
0: Yeah, that is a problem with that. And then I end up having to kind of defend on a certain way. Not that I, I mean, I left the state for a reason. I moved to you know, just about as far away in the continent of the United States as you can. But um, the the shitty part of New Jersey, and, and it is shitty, is the one that you, when you land in the major airport and then drive to either New York City or any of the surrounding cities, you land dead in the center of all the horrible. Yeah. So it is a justifiable opinion on New Jersey. It is just unfortunately not one that I am, uh, I can defend because that wasn't the New Jersey I was familiar with. I was familiar with the uh, wonderful, uh, suburban, nice smelling, you know, very close to the metropolitan area in New Jersey.
1: I think, and that's, I've only been to New Jersey once, and I think the kind of suburban area was the only place I was. I went to that terrible airport and then was in Holmdel, Um, which I think is near Red Bank.
0: Yes. I th- yeah. yeah. Homedale, I think has a large, um, like a, a, a place to watch concerts at, right?
1: I am not really sure. Oh yeah, I've, you've only been there I once. I don't know why. I would just ask at, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I spent most of my time at uh, my boyfriend at the time. His parents lived there, and then we went to some giant mall, and that's yeah, there's about, a
0: lot of those. Yeah. That's
1: about it. Yeah,
0: if anything, New Jersey should be known as giant malls. That should be the the through line for that state. Because I'm much more familiar. Like there was three different big ass malls within like 15 minutes of my house. That and Greek diners. So I really think it should be Greek diners and malls should be the the, the dead standard for, for New Jersey.
1: Not gelled hair and uh, gangster movies?
0: <laughs> yeah, that actually is accurate, but that's accurate in that other part of New Jersey. It's a very, it's, a, it's like a bifurcated state. Like the northern part where I grew up was like um, kind of the somewhat accent-free, but still a little Long Island sounding, but very close mm-hmm. to New York, so it's very metropolitan. You know, just kind of uh, newscaster area. You know, newscasters try to get as little accent as possible, as right. as countrywide as possible, very much a, a media-oriented part of it. And then the center of it, I don't know what that looks like, but the, the southern half is is the greased hair, horrible, uh, stereotypical, what people think of New Jersey. But that's more towards Philadelphia, which I feel like Philly really dodged the bullet there because those people, like Jersey Shore people, should be more associated with Philadelphia than New Jersey. Mm. But mostly because I hate Philly. I drove
1: through once, and that was kind of – I've only driven through. I can't really say anything about it. I just drove through it, and I was like, oh, it looks kind of (laughs) dirty.
0: Yeah, there's parts of it that's really nice. I I have a thing with Philadelphia where I like Philly, but Philly doesn't like me. Like, every time I went there, nothing bad happened. But it was always – I mean, bad in, like, an actual bad, but, like, you know, a a flat tire or – or an argument with someone. Like, it just seemed like every time I entered into Philadelphia, there were signs from the universe that it's like, yeah, just don't go here. We don't want you. Like, Philadelphia has something against Alex.
1: Yeah, that's me in Texas. That's... I'm very familiar with that feeling.
0: Now, real... Like, all of Texas? Or, like... Because uh, I know Austin's, like, actually cool in Texas.
1: Austin... Austin is pretty cool. Um, I... <laughs> I've spent a lot of time in a lot of different areas of Texas, and I just am not a fan of the entire state. I mean, Austin is cool and everything, but just having one cool patch isn't enough for me to say that that state is worthwhile.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I
1: really don't like it. And the last time I was there, um, I was stung by a scorpion. I had a piece of rusty barbed wire go through my foot. Uh, A lot of just really really unpleasant things. It just kind of seemed like a warning of don't go there ever again. Yeah. I
0: I get it completely. My only thing is uh, with Texas is uh, the, I like the independent spirit, not the people that live there and have the independent spirit, but I like the fuck you. We might secede at any moment aspect, but the way they would go about it would be, um, very, you know, hayseed and, um, I believe that there probably would be lots of laws that I would consider racist happen in the first 10 years of their new independence. So, um, yeah, I have no love for Texas, except for I've heard good things about Austin. And if somehow we could kind of transport Austin to a good state, it would it would you know probably please the residents and the rest of the world.
1: Yeah, that's true. My mom lives there. She lives in the cowboy capital of the United States, which is in Texas. And from what I can tell from what she's told me, it's mostly... um incredibly rich people with too much time on their hands and a lot of new agey kind of people for some reason in that area, a lot of like sweat lodges and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's an interesting state. It's just not for me.
0: Yeah. That's a, uh, it's interesting too. The new age movement is very oddly attracted to hot, horrible areas. Like uh, it's huge in Arizona. Arizona yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, the parts of California where it's horrible, like it's really odd. Like I like the new age stuff. Not that I, big practitioner of it but I find it interesting like I like the weird philosophies and the odd alternate histories they believe in but I don't want to go to fucking Arizona to hang like oh that's really hot like can you have like a a nice like like yeah. Portland or Seattle that's where I live like it's nice it's it's where it's, it's fresh
1: you know, and naturey
0: I don't care about that it's just not hot <laughs> <laughs> I just hot is just the I can't deal with it like there's only so many clothes you can take off and then it's just like fuck now I'm naked and hot and probably being arrested.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not a heat person either. I'm I'm very cranky when it comes to the outdoors and I'm I'm technically like uh allergic to the sunshine. So
0: <laughs> now, do you mean that in in a like a fun your Irish way or one of those people that actually have a sun allergy, which I've heard of
1: I, I actually do have a sun allergy. I am oh, that's wild. I am fun and Irish, but I do actually have a sun allergy where I break out in a terrible rash. I have to wear sunscreen every single day of the year. Um uh, and if sometimes the rash actually turns into hives and like uh, blisters, it's really really disgusting.
0: Oh wow, that's kind of awesome though. I, I coming from a goth background, I would very much <laughs> like that because I could be like, yeah, I've got like a vampire gene. I would ever say it seriously, but it would give me an excuse for the blackout curtains I've had in every apartment I've ever lived in, and my not wanting to be out in the sun.
1: Yeah, thankfully it's it's not that bad. I can actually I I can be outside somewhat but uh i even when i go to the ocean i like to go travel and i like to be near the water and be on the water and i have to wear like long sleeve zip up swimsuit cover-ups and spf 50 sunscreen and big giant brimmed hat and giant sunglasses it's kind of cool it makes me look really Really interesting. So that's fun.
0: Yeah, you get that like kind of old school Hollywood Audrey Hepburn vibe, you know, the big floppy hats and kind of the you can sit around cutely like being all covered up and being coquettish anyway to the boys walking by.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I'm kind of a big lumbering woman. So I mostly just look like a really fancy drag queen, which is fine by me, too. Yeah,
0: same thing, really. I mean, who doesn't love Audrey Hepburn more than drag queens? So it all comes back together. That's true. I mean, I think so. Not that I know a whole bunch about the drag culture or anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my thing at all. So, uh, Sally Smash, let me let me say things to you. Not really. What's going on with your podcast? Are you still doing it?
1: Um, right now we are not doing the podcast. Um, there were some troubles, and uh, the troubles exploded, and so now we're not doing the podcast. But there are things on the horizon. So. You know, are you uh, another are, one at some point? Oh,
0: you're doing a different one. You're not uh, going to keep yours or, or that one going as just the, you know, Sally Smasherific hour.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's not going to be the Sally Smasherific hour. Um, it, It's kind of uh, it's kind of up in the air right now. Not really sure.
0: Oh, OK, well, you should keep it in touch. It would be uh, it would be fun to have your show back on the air, taking ass and taking names. That's why oh, I, uh, uh, doing the show solo is really nice because I very rarely get in arguments with my co-hosts cuz you know they're um they're kind of contract players and they're not here every week so you know really it's 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 quite liberating so if i if i you know ruin the show it's my fault not, not the co-host
1: yeah there were just some there were some misunderstandings and um it's it's really unfortunate there were some some feelings got hurt and some friendships ended and uh it was pretty uncomfortable for a couple weeks but hopefully everyone has kind of licked their wounds and moved on and um we'll be able to do we'll be able to do what we would like to do independently of one another.
0: Yeah. That's uh that's a good way to break up a friendship is uh podcasts and business ventures, it seems.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's it's strange. It's this is the first time something like that has ever happened to me and it still kind of makes my head spin. It's it's a little strange, but um like I said it is what it is. So I wish everybody involved luck and uh yeah. No,
0: I know you wish him luck, but let's say you guys all get your podcast going again. I really kind of like, if you see like a list of podcasts, like who's doing popularly, you're still going to kind of wish you had a little bit more listeners, right?
1: Um, I don't think that the, the people that sort of seceded from the podcast, I don't, I don't think that they're, um, they're going to be doing one. So oh, okay, well, I don't think that. that's something I have to be, I don't, I don't have to be concerned about. Um, I, I really try it sounds really, really lame for me to say, but I really do try very hard not to um be negative like that and to to not think that way. Uh it just seems to get me in a whole lot of trouble when I when I fall into that trap of of negativity and, and kind of um not even wishing ill on people, but kind of secretly hoping that I'm better than somebody else, that kind of thing. So yeah. if they do, um Great, you know, I I hope I hope they do well. Uh, and if we were in the same category and in competition, obviously I would want to be number one. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that's a um, that's kind of a fun thought too. Is the not negative being uh, that's I try to do the whole uh, live positively thing uh, as best as I can. You know, do no harm, like Hippocratic oath, but without any kind of medicine. But um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting. I, I suppose I hadn't really given it a lot of thought that. Um, wishing for betterment of self would be almost, you know, kind of by default negative towards something else. I think it's mostly because I kind of hate my face, so, like, I never wish myself well, so I guess this thought hadn't occurred to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I I just, uh, yeah, it's not like I I don't hope that I do well in the future. It's just I I can't really, in this instance specifically, I just don't... um, I don't feel like it would behoove me to have any kind of negativity towards them whatsoever you know there's like i said there's already been a lot of hurt feelings and stuff like that so i just have been trying to stay extremely positive and and uh do my part in keeping no drama with that because who doggie was there some drama drama i'm not a fan of that
0: yeah that sounds like not fun i don't find myself in those situations all that often so but i've seen my friends fall into it and it seems like a whole big pain in the ass uh that whole drama thing i also you know live in a basement and don't really talk to people that often so you know I yeah suppose, especially you know.
1: when it's over something small like that it's not like this is a huge life situation it is i mean in the end it is just a podcast so it's just the internet there's no reason they get all butthurt and upset but like i said people get butthurt and upset and shit happens
0: yeah i'm a. Uh... Yeah, I, I just try to avoid it, like, to the point of, like, I don't respond, and then uh, if I find myself responding and it's not understood the way I intended it or something like that, I usually just go, like, oh, yeah, my bad, uh, I didn't, you know, you didn't get that. And if, if the drama keeps rolling on, I just stop responding, and it works out really well, because, uh, like, the haters or whatever, they get really, like, tired of typing at you after a while, and it's really nice, like... Cause you just have the stream of hate and then you kind of see like, Oh, now it's only like once every few hours. Now it's once every day. And it's like, Oh, they forgot about me. I've won.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tried that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And well, it's not going to work every time. To start blocking people. It, that's, that's the unfortunate thing is you just got to go block crazy sometimes. And Oh yeah. I, I mean, in the end, the, the big thing for me is that, um, none of those people have any, they, they have no hold over my real life at all. There's, there's no uh I don't know I don't see them other than on the internet, so they can say whatever they'd like to say and be hateful and you know do whatever they'd like to do. It's really not going to affect my real life.
0: yeah, that's an interesting point too like what uh what do, what's your real life like what's your what's your deal? I mean you don't have to talk about it if that's something you know real life oh
1: no uh, my real life is um I'm a a stylist for a catalog I'm a photography stylist. So that's that's pretty fun. And I actually just got promoted yesterday. Right, so congratulations. Thank you. That was very exciting. Been a long time coming. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just um, do my photography styling all day, every day. And then I do a lot of writing in my free time. And um, I started doing stand-up this last year, which has been a lifelong dream. And um, right now I'm not getting out as much as I would like to. But uh, hopefully, in the near future, I will be doing more of that.
0: Yeah, that's fun. How did how did that go? Like with the the early stand up start. I mean, you're still early, but like, how did how did that first uh, few go?
1: <laughs> it actually went really well. It went remarkably well. I hate um, when people say that
0: because you, know, you give me hope, and then I'm like, no, because I, I like I like the horror stories, because then I won't think I'll do it.
1: <laughs> um, I I. Uh... I think it could have gone a lot better if that's if that's about as horror story as it gets. Um, The second time that I went up uh, was at a bar and it was mostly comics and people there uh, to see the comics and people. By the time I got to go up, people weren't really paying attention. I kind of rushed through my set um I didn't really get a lot of laughs and I was just kind of like at the end I was just like all right uh my name's Sally thanks a lot and I just like walked off stage (laughs) because I was really irritated um so that's about as horror story as it's gotten for me yeah that's Um,
0: a pretty good start you know if uh if if you're yeah if your horror story is you know, somewhat silenced or they're paying attention to something else that's really not bad i've heard a shitload worse
1: <laughs> yeah i haven't had i haven't had people um be extremely shitty to me i haven't had anyone like harass me or anything like that and uh i i actually don't think that would be a horror story for me because like i said as much as i like to try and be positive um when you're on stage it's a whole different thing and i think on my feet really well Um, and I like to think that I'm pretty witty and I also am really great with insults so if somebody wanted to come at me on stage I would be really excited to do that (laughs) so I don't know if I do get some horror stories though I'll be sure to let you know about them
0: yeah no that sounds that's uh I try that's what i was saying before I like try to do the positive thing but like one of the things that stand up kind of uh has a a hold on me that I still keep thinking I'm going to do it. No, I'm not going to, but it's kind of in the back. I think everybody has that in the back of their head. But um, is I, the idea that I can uh, be unfettered from my niceness for a moment to, to uh, yell at an audience if they're being shitty or, you know, an individual person in the audience, like it's one of the really rare situations where it's kind of understood that, you know, that the yelling is something else. Cause there's a microphone in front of you. Uh, there's something really kind of, I don't know, attractive about that. But I don't think you should go into comedy hoping that you can yell at hecklers. So,
1: <laughs> no, it just—you uh, should be prepared to do that, though. I mean, it's—it's it's definitely going to happen to anybody that tries that, and, and it's—I don't know. It's—it uh, doesn't have to be a terrible thing. It's—it's it's all a learning experience. So, even if you are crazy heckled, you can always just use it for a joke in the future. That's—that's that's the other thing. Like a lot of. A lot of the stuff that I've written is from terrible, terrible things that have happened in my life. And that's kind of, I think that being on stage and being incredibly vulnerable and you just have just yourself to rely on up there, um, being heckled and having people make fun of you in a public forum is probably one of the most nightmarish things that could happen to anybody. So again, I, I would kind of relish that happening cause I could just use it. It would just be like fuel.
0: Yeah. I think it'd be fun honestly. Yeah, I I just like the uh I like the idea of that. Not the not the making fun of, but the uh, oh, I get to yell at someone. Like that seems fun cuz I don't want to yell at him, anyone ever, but I am a person, so there's a little bit of wanting to yell back. So it's like, "Oh, cool, I get to I get to do like the the roasty kind of jokes, you know? I get to be yeah. rude. Like that sounds like a lot of fun."
1: Yeah, everybody likes that. Yeah. Everybody likes to feel bigger, bigger yeah, but, than other people sometimes.
0: Yeah, but a lot of people like do it all the time. Like I don't I'm not a big Yeller at people if ever or you know, like it's just not really in me Like I don't like hold hate all that well Like I use the term hate, but it's I don't think I have, I have ever meant that word. I mean Subtle annoyance like it's just not in me to like rally that sort of emotion towards the negative But you know, there is that certain amount of like over the years like man It would be nice to yell at some guy like hey, I don't come to your work and you know, whatever stereotype ending of that line <laughs>
1: Yeah, I used to be a real asshole. I was a real shitty person for a long time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I just really acidic, and I was I was like a grade A hater. I hated on everybody and everything, and I just loved to talk shit. And uh, in the last couple of years, I did I guess I did some growing up, for lack of a better term, and um, ended some really bad friendships some friendships that were just kind of encouraging me to be that kind of person and uh it's it's made a huge difference I'm a lot happier now and not surprisingly a lot more successful in my personal and professional life who would have thought that being positive would elevate you
0: <laughs> yeah it's odd it's almost like that's something that has been said the entirety of humanity <laughs> yeah it's had th-
1: really weird yeah
0: I had that same thing where When I was was a giant asshole, I actually called myself a misanthrope for years. Like, I was I was just a shitheel. Like, I really took joy in hurting people's feelings. And it just occurred to me that it's because, you know, it's really because I was, you know, enamored with people. And the only way to not feel that is to lash out, yada, yada. But I think that is kind of a common, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, like a a common side effect of, like, you know, kind of bright, creative people. I think there's a, uh, I don't know, a certain amount of... uh, How would you put it? Like, just not necessarily feeling better than other people, which I think that's part of it, but there's a certain amount of, like, you give yourself a little bit too much leniency to lash out. Um, At least I've noticed that. I just really, I
1: think... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. That was
0: was the end of it. I was kind of trailing off because I didn't word it well, but I was going to fucking close enough.
1: (laughs) I just really think I didn't... I really didn't like myself for a really long time, and I was also uh, really frustrated with other people and... Their stupidity, for lack of a better word, I mean, I I was just really frustrated that other people could not understand things that I felt were simple concepts. Um, So I would just tear people down, and most of it was really superficial things.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I was trying to dance around there, but like, I'm—I still hate myself, so I don't want to say things like I felt, you know, they were stupid. But that's, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was driving at. Um, Yeah, that's pretty common. I think it's—I think it's interesting when people get over it, because a lot of people don't, and you, you know, you meet these kind of caustic, toxic people. Did you have like a thing that, uh you know, spurned your awakening? Or is it just kind of, you know, over the years, you just kind of realized it?
1: Oh, no, uh, it, there was definitely a, a chain of events of of things. Um, it, oh, so, so many things, probably the biggest one was, um, I was in a relationship for uh, four, four and a half years, and then we got married, And nine weeks after we got married, we were separated because he just really turned into a completely different person. And in trying to mend our relationship and figure out what went wrong, I went completely crazy. I just really went off the deep end. And uh, that's I think that's kind of what started everything. That's that's what started me on the path of learning really who I am and um what kind of life I want to live and what kind of person I want to be and it now that I'm saying those words it sounds really lame and and really uh kind of textbooky but you know oftentimes the truth well that's the thing the
0: truth sounds like that sometimes that's why people kept repeating it to the point that it sounds lame and cheesy
1: yeah yeah that's that's really it, it sounds really cheesy but um I just, I had a really, really crazy life. My, my childhood was really insane and it didn't really stop, um, into my young adulthood. And I think that was kind of the, the divorce was like the straw that broke my back. And I just kind of decided I had to be a different person and that I needed to be someone that I actually liked. So that's, yeah, that's
0: what it was. Uh, no, that's a, uh, that's a nice little chunk. That's the, um yeah that's a nice journey to go on That's, a, that's why i always, we kind of recommend the same kind of concept of people is, you know that self examination and if you don't you know know thyself i guess is the you know the really old phrase but you know that um getting to like yourself that's that's a that's a valuable thing and i and i tip my hat at you for figuring that one out because that's a that's it's a, really hard yeah, yeah and it is. i I, yeah. I
1: don't think i've i've figured it out completely i mean i definitely like myself more than i used to but um it's really hard and, and staying positive and like trying to be a positive person is it, that does not come naturally for me. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, a, it's not a simple thing. So yeah, yeah. the, the kind of I, journey I, I, say I haven't figured out.
0: Yeah. The journey I was kind of on, uh, again, the journey thing is so hard to say out loud without sounding like you want to punch yourself. But, um, the, uh, I found that my positivity moved towards everybody else. Cause that was kind of my realization, but I just like, Oh crap. It's all reflecting back on me. So all of my judgment that I did on other people I was like, Oh, I'm going to force that down my own throat uh, of judgment. So like, Oh crap. I'm, you know, staring daggers in my soul. And you know, that's, that's not a good way to go through life. So mm-hmm. it's kind of this weird, uh, I mean, but, but it's not even that weird. It's every religion ever has talked about this, that battle between, um, you know, uh, that good and evil and treatment of, uh, treatment of, you know, uh, you know, love thy neighbor as you love yourself, you know? So when you hate yourself, uh, that, that phrase can be pretty fucking evil.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the funny part to me is I've always been fascinated by religion and I've always, um, I mean, I mean, really my entire life I have been studying different religions and like, you know, metaphysical things and stuff like that and kind of looking for answers. And really the answer was I needed to just Look at myself, and look at who I was, and look at what I was doing, and how I was acting towards other people. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah. It, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just find that funny that you brought that up.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, I brought it up for that reason. Uh, well, not for that reason, but that's where I, my my tradition comes from. I mean, I, I got turned on to like the whole religious study. Uh, not religious study, but you know th- that. This world, the, the, the esoteric through the spiritual, through the religious um, in, I don't know, probably, you know, when I was like 12 or something, you know, the, like somewhat on the younger side. And I've been reading about it as much as I can, not as much as I can, but like I've been reading steadily since then. And I think that the kind of the Egyptian mystery schools have that, you know, uh, as above, so below, like reflect God mm-hmm. in yourself kind of thing. And that's something I, I don't think I ever realized that like that magical, you know, like magical works all it is, is, is internalizing belief. So, you know, if you believe you're good enough and a pure enough person, you can, you know, allow yourself to like impose upon nature. And it all comes back to, you know, self reflection, you know, of looking in, you know, it's the, the black mirror or the, or the crystal ball, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting that this is, uh, I don't know. It's just, it, it almost, it's almost annoying, uh, more than interesting that they had all these answers, like really pretty obvious written down in books. And I read the answers and I just didn't fucking get it until much, much later in life.
1: Yeah, I think you have to, you have to live it, I guess. Again, sounding really cheesy, but you have to have the experiences that, that'll open you up to those, those truths for, yeah, <laughs> I really sound like I'm hanging out with a bunch of crystals and mm-hmm. incense and shit. <laughs> well, to be fair, I am
0: at a table with a Tibetan singing bowl with crystals in it and there is incense to my left. So you're, you're in good company, oh, but, right um, on the uh no i mean it's the problem is saying the word truth and not not to not to speak for you but at least when i say truth i mean my subjective reality as perceived through eyeball's brain of a meat sack walking around in the universe at this time like but you can't say that every time so you can say truth to simplify it but unfortunately mm-hmm. truth carries the variable of truth like the earth is 6000 years old because the bible said it therefore truth Unfortunately that word you know can be ascribed to both values and and man is it not that you know
1: yeah agreed i think i i, I agree with you with the truth as perceived by your brain etc and i think it's all just personal truth kind of thing you know if you if you believe that the earth is 6000 years old because the bible says so then fine that's your truth you know that's not not necessarily mine but to each his own. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. That's the, uh, the, the fight within me, not within me, it's my fight to not yell at them is literal believers in anything. And that's why the word truth always like really bothers me. And I'm not saying your use or my use, but, you know, the, the that terminology bothers me because like literalist belief in anything has always really annoyed me. Like it be it science, religion, uh, uh, glass blowing, anything reading something and then believing in its literal truth has is just a cognitive dissonance to me like that that is i, I am not built that way like to say like oh well this is be, because this is because of this like that statement structure mm-hmm. is exactly how i'll never understand something like oh it's just because it is that way oh yeah fuck you i'm never getting that like that's pointless yeah, yeah that's that's a pointless statement you just made
1: because is not helpful
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's really yeah it's just kind of, the the struggle I uh, that I've had, and maybe that's applies to you too, I know you're smarty pants yourself, is the overthinking everything, and almost like, I thought I was stupid for a while because I kept oh. overthinking everything, so I didn't get these really simple concepts because they just, that's not the way my brain ever worked, so it was just like, there was just like this, kind of, I guess I, cognitive dissonance is the best way to put it is I, the simple concept bothered me, so I could never get it, like I was I did somewhat poorly on the SATs, not poorly, but like not as well as I could because I always found two answers that were really, I could find really valid arguments for both of them. But it's not like i write an argument on the side. Yeah,
1: I would go around assignments from teachers and somehow find a way for whatever it is I wanted to do for the assignment, even if that's not what, what was assigned, I would find a way for it to make sense. And then I would talk them into understanding it and still get a halfway decent grade. Yeah. Because I, I just, a lot of times they would I would get assignments or uh, be told to do something and it wouldn't make any sense to me and I would overthink it and then do whatever I wanted to. I also had quite a bit of a problem with authority for a long time, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, well, we both just uh, expressed our uh, our dislike of you know is and because statements. So it's <laughs> there there is a certain amount of uh, yeah there there it goes with when there's someone in front of a group of people saying direct statements that are to be taken as truth. That's a situation in which I'm either going to take a nap or not really pay attention to you all that well. Um,
1: I'm generally going to fight people. That 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 was my thing. Mm. If, if somebody was saying you know this is how it is and and that's why it just is what it is. I would just incessantly question and push and push and push and push until I got the answer that I wanted or um, I got in trouble.
0: (laughs) Yeah I guess you just had more energy than me because those thoughts had occurred to me but there was just I had pot to smoke and naps to take so a lot of my like especially high school was just sleeping in class and you know I'd read enough to get a B or whatever and then just you know move on to the next one like it was pretty much move on to the next one until after college. And I'm like, oh, I should probably learn some stuff now, but they're not trying to make me learn stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, I didn't, I think, um, I I think I'm kind of lucky in that I didn't get into drugs or alcohol until pretty far after high school. And I didn't make it very far into college, but after my short college career um, is when drugs and alcohol started coming into my life. So I, I think that's probably why I was so difficult in school and why I started so many arguments with teachers. And I got I got teachers fired. Like, I, yeah. I would try really, really hard to make people um, uncomfortable, I guess, or just to argue my own point. Uh, I don't know what I was doing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why I, I... Complete opposite of your statement. That's why I'm thankful I did drugs in high school because I think I would have gotten... I mean, maybe I still would have done the same, like some of the same stuff, but I was really close to following an academic career uh, of moving on to, you know, graduate schools and maybe getting a doctorate and, you know, blah, 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 just being that, that path, which would mm-hmm. have been much more successful, quote unquote, than what I'm doing now. But it would have been, I mean, I think it would have been on a path that at 50 something I'd go, oh my God, what have I done with my life? You know, mm-hmm. I've been in school this whole time. Like I've never actually, so I'm actually kind of thankful for, you know, being a fuck off back then because it got me to do actual learning when I was done with school. So, you know, I've done I've learned a shitload more since I've graduated than anything there. I mean, mostly cuz I didn't pay attention, but I got to learn the stuff I cared about and the way that I care about it less than, you know, the whatever that rote learning institution puts you through. So, you know, thank you, Pot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just I had a really um a really tumultuous home life, so I think that's I don't think I know. I was acting out at school. Because I wanted attention and because I wanted to keep my mind active while I was at school. You know, I I wanted to I wanted to be as present as I possibly could be at school and stay there as much as I possibly could.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's interesting. I I was left alone for the most part uh, by parents. So I can definitely see where that thinking your side would be if if I had not like I had a very good like I had a lock on my room door and there was a TV in there. So there was. Really a lot of uh, uh, nothing going on, but any extended conversation with them would end up me screaming at the top of my lungs and probably dropping horrible, horrible words on them.
1: That I think most teenagers have that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, but it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, most teenagers, teenagers do, so it's not like they have a comparative factor, but when you have a vocabulary as large as mine and lung capacity as good as mine, it's, I, I feel bad for my mother.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh.
0: Yeah, there was a, yeah, I yelled a lot, but I mean, whatever. It's, uh, that was her fault for birthing me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I didn't sign up for it, you know? I showed up in this fucking house, so, you know, it's... If I'm yelling at you, this was your choice, you know? It's true. So, um, I saw on Twitter, and I don't know if you want to tell it on our show, but it seems like you missed uh, a phone call about a little experience you had when you were a young lady.
1: I you missed have... a... Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Um, I think that they didn't get back to me because, um... Uh, I, it didn't occur to me. I have a terrible, terrible memory. Uh, it didn't occur to me that they record their show every Friday. They do it live at like, uh, two or 3 PM maybe. So when they said that they uh, would like for me to call and I asked them what time, maybe they were offended that I, that I didn't know what time they normally record. Oh yeah. Um, But are are you was that question leading? Did you want me to say what? Oh, I was just gonna say if if you
0: (laughs) yeah if you got a fun well I mean honestly it just sounded like a fun story and since you missed your chance to say it on a better show if you're if you want to tell a story please.
1: Yeah, it's it's a pretty fun story. Um, and the funny part is I told my mom about it not that long ago, and uh she didn't recall it happening. Um, because she was really out of her mind when I was young. And when I tweeted about it, she texted me right away and she was like, what? You never told me about that. But I I had just told her a couple months ago. So she again forgot. Um, So when I was, I want to say I was either eight or nine years old. I think it was when I was nine years old. Uh, We lived and we meaning my mother, my stepfather, uh, my older brother, who is seven years older than I am myself and my little baby brother he was not even a year old at the time um in a two-bedroom apartment my stepdad had lost his job and we moved from the trailer park that's right from the trailer park to an apartment uh so
0: now is that a step up is that lateral i i I don't have a lot of trailer park oh that's a step down from trailer park It,
1: it was it was a step down um we had a nice double wide <laughs> on oh. one of the one of the nicer streets in the trailer park. Oh, that, that does sound nice. <laughs> and the uh the particular apartment complex um was across the street from the trailer park and it was pretty pretty trashy. It was not great. Um and having all of those people in a two bedroom apartment was a really horrific idea. Um but I was as as a child I was left alone quite a bit. Um, my mom was really, uh, intensely mentally ill at that time. Um, around like pretty closely after my younger brother was born, uh, she kind of had a nervous breakdown and by kinda, I mean, she completely had a nervous breakdown and we soon found out that she had multiple personality disorder. Um, so they were not around at all. When I was a kid, my mom was on psych wards and at therapy sessions and my older brother and I were being bounced around and no one was really paying a whole lot of attention to us is where I'm getting at. Yeah.
0: I, th- I think I'm picking that up now.
1: So, um, I was left alone home and I was, uh, I shared a room with my older brother and, No one was there, and I was just playing in our room. And I was a very curious child and was going through his drawers, and I found in one of his drawers um, some sugar cubes in a plastic bag. And being a kid, I thought, oh, sugar. I thought it was candy. So there was like a handful of them. Um, So I thought if I took two of them that he wouldn't notice that they were gone, and I would avoid having my ass beat. So, I ate two of them and proceeded to go through his things and started to feel kind of funny. So, I thought I'd lay down. And, um, when I laid down, I had all my stuffed animals on my bed. The next thing I knew, my stuffed animals were standing up and walking around and talking to me. Oh, shit. And shortly after they were talking to me, I, I remember sitting up and, um, thinking that there was something wrong, that that is not what is supposed to be happening. Um, And then they, they kind of, their faces changed and they started looking really, really terrifying, really scary. And so I went to get in my closet, which was, I thought, probably the safest place. So... I get in my closet, my stuffed animals are coming into my closet, trying to pry the door open, um, saying that if I didn't kill myself, they were going to do it. Jesus. Um, yeah. So my mom and my stepdad found me in my closet. Um, I had dirty laundry in there and I had, uh, I guess a pair of tights and I had taken a pair of tights and thrown them over the bar in the closet and tried to hang myself. Um, which I must have seen in a movie or read in a book. I was really into um, Edgar Allan Poe when I was really young. I was reading Poe like around five, six, um, and really into kind of weird, dark things. So I assumed that I read about people hanging themselves or saw it in a movie or something. Um, and lucky for me, uh, tight stretch, and I was too tall already by the age of nine. I think that my depth perception was probably off um, because obviously the sugar cubes were not sugar. I don't know if it was like acid or LSD or really if there's any difference between the two, because as an adult I've never done either of those. They're
0: the same thing. Uh,
1: okay. So um, yeah, that's, I'm assuming that's what it was, but they found me in my closet uh, trying to hang myself and like just screaming and trying to back away from all of my stuffed animals, really freaking out. Wow.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, that is how, how much longer did that go on for? Uh, or did your parents, you know, did they calming salve of parenthood? Uh, uh g- no, g- yeah, it's...
1: no uh, I, I really don't remember what my mom's reaction was. I don't know if she was even, uh, if she was even there. Um, yeah. or if she, if my stepdad had put her in the bedroom or something like that. Um, I assume that he probably just flipped shit on me and screamed, um, I do remember them putting me in the bathtub, uh, and cold water. And then really the only thing that I remember after that is just waking up in bed. It was, uh, it's really, it's, it's weird to me the way that the brain works, um, that I would remember, I remember like almost that entire day. And then just, I remember being in my closet and, the stuffed animals coming for me and then the next thing i remember was being in a bathtub i think
0: wow yeah that's that's intense um so i mean i, I suppose the stuffed animals um uh, <laughs> did they say kill yourself like those words i mean in, in, in as far as your memory
1: yeah yeah they, oh, that's i, such I, a, I like... remember them saying that they were i think they said that they i think they did say if you don't no, I think they said that they were going to kill me unless I did it first, or if you don't do it, we will, something like that. Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess 9, you're kind of aware of the world. It's just like, it's such a heavy concept.
1: Well, my mom yeah. had already tried to commit suicide a couple times. Oh, okay. So this was something... Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So it was already... That was already part of my reality. Yeah, that was I part of already, your consciousness. Okay. I I mean, I already had... A, I had already experienced suicide attempt and... I was well aware of what her condition was. I understood basically when she, the first time that she uh, ended up on the psych ward, um, I don't remember who it was. It may have even been a therapist that sat me down and explained what was going on. Excuse me. And explained what it was that she had explained that she had multiple personality disorder. And, um, kind of explained what that was to me and i understood it i i really understood the concept of what it was um so i i i had a lot of uh i had a lot of understanding at that age so the suicide thing i don't know if i really knew what the word suicide was but i definitely understood kill yourself <laughs> yeah like the, the concept
0: yeah it's just i was trying to think like i not i mean obviously i know why you would have that it's just i was trying to think at like nine whether whether i would even know i like i don't know if I, it occurred to me that you could do that like i mean i i'm sure it was aware of death but like i, I guess the, the i don't think the idea of you know oh i can have a choice in this wasn't I, I don't know if that was an early thing but i also don't really remember my childhood that well um so i don't you know maybe i did who knows? yeah and mm-hmm. I
1: was i I was oddly my mom has even told me I was really obsessed with death, starting at like two or three years old. My father's grandmother passed away, I think, and uh my mom told me that I asked her to like write her name down on a piece of paper and I carried it in my pocket for years, and I would ask questions about her and whenever someone in the family would die like I would beg to go to the funeral and ask questions about what the funeral was. And I was a weird kid.
0: Yeah, I, I was I was death obsessed when I was a kid, too. But I still am. So I think that's just built in. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that that synapse fires. But
1: yeah, I think it's it might be part of a might be part of having a big old brain.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, that might be that might be it. I have thought about that. a few. I wish um, I knew. Well, not that I wish I knew more, but I wish I had the patience to read biographies of like really smart people because i wonder if everybody has cuz it seems to be there's a certain uh certain set of uh uh similarities that happen with like you know smart people like you know the significantly smart to really really smart people um that there's like you know the depression goes with it you know uh mm-hmm. some sort of you know mental disorders of you know various kinds death obsession certainly i you know that happens a lot alcoholism drug abuse like there's there's these weird chunks so it was like I'm always kind of curious. Not for me. I almost want somebody else to do it for me, and then I can just ask them. It's like like Einstein or or um or Stephen. Haw- well, Stephen Hawking is all fucked up, so that'd be different. But like you know the other like uh, uh, Francis Crick or any of the other like genius like revolutionary minds. Whether that goes to the you know successful variants of them. And when I mean successful, I mean Uber. Like I created rockets. Successful, you know.
1: Right. I th- well, I think if you look at, well, uh, almost all philosophers, I feel like, are certainly death-obsessed to a point. I mean, they've pretty much all written about it, and I would consider most of them to be some of the greater minds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it would be interesting to know. I think there there are certain people that I would like to know what they were like and if they have those kind of points of view um, that we probably won't ever know, like, you know, Da Vinci and... Uh, God. <sighs> I don't know I, I I was really into Greek mythology and stuff when I was a kid so I kind of wonder like people that lived then like Plato <laughs> and, yeah. and stuff like that I kind of wonder if they had the same kind of uh, thought processes about things like that
0: well I think Plato uh, from my reading of his stuff uh, from what I recall and this is this has been quite a while since I you know did philosophy but uh, when he talked about the death of Socrates, and I forget whatever dialogue that is, but um, he talks about the death of Socrates and that Socrates uh, was offered, um, essentially they said, do you want to escape, blah, 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 blah. And Socrates eventually said like, you know, uh, no, like this is, this is where it's supposed to go. He had like, his fear of death was almost conquered or like a curiosity happened. And since, you know, we don't have writings of Socrates, we do have Plato, you can you know, kind of assume that that's the reflection of Plato's philosophy, you know, that he is, you know, it's a curiosity of death, not a fear. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the, you know, that uh, the great unknown or whatever the other cheesy phrases.
1: Yeah, I, that's, I think that's, I was only, I was only really afraid of death for a short period of time. And otherwise, um, I've always just been really curious as to what it is, you know, and, and what happens next.
0: Yeah, I'm still terrified on a certain level. Like, I'm not afraid of dying. Like, that that actually sounds really interesting to me. Like, to feel the brain shut down and have whatever terror or elation or whatever. Like, that sounds interesting. You know, like, I, like anybody that says, I want to die in my sleep. It's like, oh, dude, fuck you. You get two major experiences in your life. You get born and you die. Those are your two yeah. guarantees if we're having the conversation. So I already missed one of them. Like, I don't remember that shit. I want to, you know, I want to experience the second one, but it's the, yeah. that, that idea that people go, well, if it's all blackness, it doesn't matter, right? that's the one that I can't get my head around. Cause if it's all blackness, then Oh fuck. No, of course it matters. Cause I mean, I have nothing to back it up, but that's the terrifying thing, you know, not some religious blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I tend not to think it's just like a, the light switch gets shut off, but that still does terrify me in a certain level. Cause it just feels, you know, um, it just feels like your, your life is, is the, uh, a representation of your, you know, some experiences. Uh, if, if we are living in a mechanistic universe that, you know, the lights turn off and you no longer exist. So mm-hmm. if your life is just a, you know, a, a sum total of previous experience, I mean, I'm almost trying to convince myself to kill myself here. And I'm a, I'm kind of a miserable person and you, the lights turn out. Why not just turn the lights off now? So I think I'm not necessarily terrified of the death thing it, or the, you know, the lights off thing is the, oh shit, if I actually believe that, then oh boy, I might paint painting a wall like the next day painting yeah. wall with a gun sorry that's a phrase i use and that probably oh, doesn't no. make sense to people oh, okay i got it <laughs> oh i wasn't i wasn't sure if that's a universal enough thing that i'm like oh that might make no sense like you're gonna become a painter is, yeah i
1: know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah see and i also i i don't know i have really uh i have really strong feelings about um death and the afterlife and i just kind of think um it if you if you really think that that's all there is that it's just a light switch goes off and that's the end, and your body is just gonna rot in the ground, then that is what's gonna happen if you think that you're gonna go to heaven and be with Jesus or you're gonna go to Mormon heaven or you're gonna be reincarnated, then that is what's going to happen that's uh that's just what i really that's that's what I really believe honestly I think that whatever whatever you you want from the afterlife is what you're going to receive yeah i I think that it's all um as far as we know it it's all just energy you know so it's it's so hard for me to put it into words i guess but no i
0: I definitely get where you're coming from that's sort of where i'm leaning towards is that yeah it's the. i mean this is the basis of ceremony or chaos magic or any of the like the magical modern western traditions is that it's your your impetus your your uh will uh, to use a word i don't like very well but your will on the universe that creates the universe for yourself you know you're a you know you're a walking kind of god of one like you know it's nothing to do with anybody else but you you know you're creating right. your universe if you have a strong enough will you'll create a universe that's better or worse or whatever and there's nothing to stop that from applying to what happens after the you know the physical you know function shut down
1: it's sort of like the uh like the concept of um solipsism yeah yeah that's I think that's kind of uh, that's that's kind of like my entire belief structure as far as that goes, as far as death and the afterlife are concerned. Yeah, that's kind
0: of my way with death, the afterlife and certain things. But that uh, it's weird because I just fight with like back when I was an asshole, I had just giant ego, like just horrible, horrible person. But uh, I just fight with that idea, the solipsism of like, you know, because if I get tricked into it, it's not tricked into it. But I was like, oh, crap, the next thing I know, I'm just going to turn back into a giant fucking jerk. If I actually believe that, you know, like I, you know, I am God in, you know, a really, really simplified sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That, you know, it's just kind of scary to me to walk back down that path. So, like solipsism, I like kind of lean towards for like afterlifey things or little ritual work. But like when it comes to me talking to you or or buying, a, you know, a packet of gum, then it doesn't at all. Like then it's like, oh, well, these are these are other real sentient. Non creations of me, and we're two, you know, whatever, two chunks of the universe interacting. Not, right. you know, something I invented. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, no, like I'm sorry, world. Like, if I'm actually the guy, like, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm the root cause. Like, I'm the alpha. Um, My bad. <laughs> yeah, dude, really. I don't know what the f- like. I'm, I'm a lot better than like, like at pretty much everything. Like, oh man, I could have done a lot better job at this world. Like. Maybe somebody didn't give me the right instructions when I was creating it, but boy, man, this is really stupid of me. Like, just the Middle East alone—holy crap! Did I drop the ball on that one? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievably bad. Yeah, like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna have you know rotted dinosaurs to run our metal on. That's stupid. What? If, uh, so yeah, I think I just disproved uh, at least my telepathism. So maybe, maybe you created me.
1: Probably. I'm I am responsible for a lot of things. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be. I mean, who knows? Or maybe everybody creates each other and you know, that's a um um the other side of it, the transcendentalism, uh, the you know, everything is God. So, you know, if you combine that with the you know with the two, it's like everybody's God. Everybody's creating the other because we in essence are God. So, you know, there is no, you know, individual singular walking around viewpoint. It's just a, you know, it's a it's a trick of light on the universe to make us think we're talking to each other. It's just you know, just one vibration in the same sheet.
1: I had not ever thought of it that way. <laughs> that's that's a whole nother
0: Well they a say another uh, part of my brain that just exploded. It's interesting to think think about because uh it's the 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 thing that woke me up to it and then all the other phrases started to make more sense was if you think about like most people think they're living in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. No, we are the universe. There's no difference between the ground we're walking on and the space we're going through, it's, it's, you know, all it is, is the existence of electrons in various forms and, you know, different subatomic particles vibrating at different energies. So all we are right now is I'm the universe taking the form of Alex talking to the universe, taking the form of Sally through the universe, taking the form of a Mac. Oh. Because I mean, in essence, it is true. Like, I mean, everything is one thing, you know, that's stupid. We're all, uh, it's not stupid, but it's just been said too many times, like we're Stardust, you know, we are the makings of the Big Bang. So the explosive wave of the Big Bang created everything from, you know, the MacBook, the microphone to Adolf Hitler to me. It's all the same vibrating sheet surface. You know, we're all just, you know, fluctuations. It's like we're we're really, really complex, good at talking gravity or or, you know, the the weak nuclear force.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help, though, because I just, I just proved I'm Hitler.
1: Yeah, that's so, a yeah, that's that's, that's real the, bummer. Yeah, that's you the, have a lot to to apologize for, not just the Middle East. Yeah, Well, to be fair, I also just proved you're Hitler, too. Oh, damn it.
0: Yeah, see... This, sorry, guys. Yeah, like, well, not really, because you just apologized to Hitler.
1: Oh, yeah. sorry, <laughs> sorry, not Hitler. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Hitler, sorry. Oh, this is just...
0: Yeah, I, I guess we could apologize to, like, the pre-Big Bang singularity state or whatever that, like... That's what we turned into like, oh, sorry, yeah. Stardust. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Like, I mean, I guess you just took like every single raw power of whatever there can exist to explode something into action and then create everything you- universal and lovely. And we come up with Hitler. Yeah. Our bad. Yeah. yeah that's really <laughs> shitty. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. We appreciate it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. I bought you a fucking brand new, like really nice car and you just trashed it the first day. Like what? Oh, come on. These guys are yeah. jerks.
1: That is kind of, that's a really good metaphor for humanity.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's but it's also that thing of, you know, if ever humanity gets good enough to buy their own car, they're going to be smart enough not to crash it again. So all we have to do is get out of this, this idiocy level we're in, like the, uh, to draw the metaphor to our slips of selves, you know, uh, of get out of when Alex and Sally were complete assholes. Uh, If we can get past that stage as humanity, we're probably going to work out pretty well. Like we're not going to be crashing that many cars
1: could be i don't really want to stick around to find out though (laughs) i think that's going to take a long time
0: yeah i mean possibly it all depends on i think we're kind of on a i mean every generation says something along these lines but i think it's a little bit more true for ours that or at least the generation after us that we're on the cusp of something that's either apocalyptic or evolutionary that like this whole singularity and you know combining ourselves with technology either Mm -hmm. destroys us or or you know makes us something better and as a you know more spiritual thinking person i think that's literally our destruction is when we perfect ourselves and become computers you know it's like oh look how great we are we're in computers it's like that's that's when we're like oh we're now no longer part of whatever that universal consciousness is you know when we slip these bands and think it's just electrical connectivity of the brain you know
1: mm-hmm. we won't be human anymore
0: yeah but i yeah, we we could be bored. Yeah, I, 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 Borg. Yeah, I could be uh, Locutus because uh, <laughs> I thought uh, that was one of the few good episodes of that show. I mean, Next Generation is a good show and all, but like those first few seasons, like it just they don't really connect to each other, and no characters really like advance all that much, you know, until like much later.
1: Yeah, it's just spacey for spaciness' sake.
0: Yeah, which is unfortunate because like like that one where Picard gets to live the entire life of that whistle playing dude from the uh, from the the satellite. Like he lives oh. an entire like eighty year lifetime, and then wakes back up on the ship, and then like nothing comes of it. The next episode, like, dude, that's no longer Picard. That's Picard and whatever that guy's name was on the planet. Like this.
1: Yeah, and he's Picard's totally fine with it. He's just like, huh, that was a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, Moving well, that on. that eighty years was fun. I suppose now I'll just know how to play this flute, and that's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's all I learned.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm a Deep Space Nine fan myself because they actually have character growth.
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, w- I was a huge Star Trek person for a long time, and then I, I I I'm almost ashamed or slightly terrified to say what my next sci-fi kind of obsession was.
0: Uh, let me see if I can name the one that would make me lose respect for you. Um, it's less
1: sci-fi, more fantasy, kind of. Oh, all right, what's that? Um. Well, go ahead, and uh, I I would like to hear what your guess would be. What well, what would what
0: would make you lose respect? Well, not necessarily lose respect. as being you know kind of uh, hyperbolic there, but um, uh, if you were to be a type of person that would defend the end of the remake of Battlestar Galactica, uh, you make, know
1: I've never watched Battlestar Galactica. Don't actually. because the first
0: few seasons are good, and then the ending of it is is on the level of Lost for shitty endings. Like it's 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 a it's a festering pile of garbage.
1: And I didn't mind the ending of Lost. I didn't, it it really didn't bother me. I I thought it was kind of beautiful.
0: I didn't, I I should, yeah, I should probably have qualified that a little bit. The ending of Lost was fine for the last two seasons of Lost, but for the first three seasons of Lost, that makes no sense at all. Like the entire storyline switched and I loved those first few seasons and I did like the ending, but it didn't end the show I watched. It ended the season or season and a half I watched.
1: Yeah, I think they, they kind of wrote themselves into a clusterfuck, so... Oh, yeah, maybe. no,
0: yeah. And it was a cool... I actually liked the last episode. Like, it was well done. It just didn't... It wasn't well done for the show I watched, you know, for all that fun storytelling I got for three seasons. Yeah. It'd be like a... You know, it, that ending could have been the ending of any TV show. Like, the last episode of, you know, House or Cheers could be, Hey, look, we all met again, and now it's time to move on. Norm! You know?
1: <laughs> maybe Maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe they were kind of going for a broader... I don't know. Stick a band aid on it, kind of situation, but yeah. Either way.
0: Yeah, so It's not Battlestar. What's your What's your next one then?
1: Um, I was really intensely obsessed with Buffy. Oh,
0: no problem with that. I, I'm I'm like, an, really
1: um, really really into it. I'm an and, avowed fan of Buffy. Okay, good. Yeah, that was that was a big thing for me, and that was that was like a had a really hard time. Um, I, I couldn't understand why people couldn't see it for what it was, and why they couldn't understand why it was so. Uh, it was really emotionally impactful for me because I would always kind of like put myself in those situations, and I'm like, "No, you don't understand. She literally has the weight of the world. It is so hard for yeah. her. Like, you, it's not just a silly show about this girl stabbing vampires. It's, yeah. Well, the she pro- has serious things to think about and deal with. <laughs> the problem is,
0: is one the movie. Uh, which I know doesn't have much to do with the show, but a lot of people remember that. And then that first like season or two isn't bad, but it's not it's not the greatness that is the later seasons.
1: Yeah, the first season they were definitely trying to kind of just find their voice. Yeah, like, trying to figure out what it was that they were doing. Yeah, a little it's, more teeny boppery. It's good for yeah. what it is. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's fine. Like it's not you know I just I'm not gonna watch it again. Uh, same as Angel, the first like half of the first season, it's like yeah I'm never gonna watch it again. But The rest of that show was fucking awesome. Like, really well done. Like, really expert character development. Like, really just really, really... I mean, Joss Whedon is just a... He's really great at making ensemble characters work together. And that's, you know, that's why that Avengers flick worked, you know, uh, as well as it did.
1: And Angel was far and away a much better show than Buffy was. And I think Buffy is right up there. But Angel was definitely a much better show. Yeah, both
0: of them ended a little wonky. I mean, Angel's because it got canceled. But uh, the, the ending was a little... A little weird, you know, a little clunky, and the ending of Buffy was, although satisfying, I just really didn't like the whole every Slayer's activated thing. It, it just,
1: it, it. Uh, yeah, I I thought it it took some of the specialness out of it, out of what the meaning of the Slayer was, but also watching it as a woman and as like a huge Buffy fan, I was like, oh, it's all about empowerment and blah blah blah. It just it felt, I don't know. I, it felt really special at the time, but then when I went back and watched it, I I kind of felt the same way. I was like, "Uh, this is sort of weak." <laughs> yeah,
0: see, that's why I like the uh, I like the the storylines with uh, uh, Faith and, and I don't remember the other one. The one from Africa, the the Slayer, really cute uh, African lady, Kendra. Uh, yeah, Kendra. I like those because like like Kendra is like what a Slayer would be. It's like just this badass, you know, f- you know, killing machine. Like she's trained from birth, you know, like really hardcore. And then Faith is really the empowered one because she's just, she's the, the, you know, she's the Madonna and the whore, you know, to use that old, you know, the old phrase. like
1: Well, she's a sociopath a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I mean, yeah, that's, part, yeah, I mean, obviously that's part of it too. But I mean, that's, she's the human one and she's what would happen if you gave power to this, you know, to a a kid, you know, but yeah. it, it's, I, I thought her, her, her character arc was really interesting to me. But and then once there was like 80 of them, it was just like, oh, this is really fucking stupid.
1: Yeah, and, know, there were quite uh, a and few annoying ones. and
0: which willow might be the most attractive thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: Oh yeah, I were she, into that. Oh,
0: when she got all black-eyed and scary. Oh, she was uh oh, that was that was like the best thing ever.
1: Oh yeah. Well if you have a gothy kind of background, then yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Witch willow is like boner crazy then. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it was great. And that was a really good storyline too. Like the uh what, what happens with uh not to spoil it for everybody else, but what happens to her her girl uh, Not to spoil it, it yeah. 10
1: years later. <laughs> well, you know,
0: you'd be surprised. I've said some weird shit on the show, like, uh, I forget what the fuck movie I was talking about. It was some, like, really classic, like, it may have been Citizen Kane. Like, it was one of the, like, upper echelon, everybody's fucking seen this movie or at least heard about it. Mm-hmm. And somebody yelled at me for spoiling it for them. It's like, it's it's 90 years old. Like, it's, I can't give spoiler, like... It, you know, Dorothy goes back in the end. Yeah, I said it. Sorry. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> there's only a certain amount of there's only a certain amount of uh, uh time that I can be concerned with uh with spoiler alerts. You know. Yeah. And Damn the, internet. Yeah, well, I mean, it's whatever. I'm I'm happy people are listening to the show, but it's um uh, it's a bit on the frustrating side where you know you can't talk about uh, Citizen Kane the flaw in Citizen Kane's logic without people getting mad at you for spoiling the end.
1: <laughs> Rosebud.
0: Yeah. Well, my annoyance with that, are you familiar with with this, the with the logical inconsistency with Rosebud?
1: No. Mm-mm. Well, I,
0: I'm i sure somebody came up with it before me because that movie came out, you know, 50 years, 60 years before I was born. But um, the entire movie is based on a faulty premise that makes no sense. Uh, he died alone in a room and said Rosebud. Uh. The entire movie is based on the premise of his last words are Rosebud. There was no one there to hear it.
1: So that tree fell in the woods and nobody heard it.
0: Yeah. But they, no, but somehow everybody went, Hey, that tree just fell in the woods. How'd right. you know that? No, I just, no, trust me. It was, you know, I was. They just felt it. Yeah. It was, yeah, permutation in the, in the Citizen Kane uh, force.
1: Wow. That's horribly irritating. Yeah. I, that never occurred to me. I, I saw Citizen Kane once when I was probably 11. So.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not, I, it occurred to me like years upon years ago. And then, uh, I assumed that I was wrong and that there was somebody in the, in the room with them. And, uh, and then I rewatched it and I was correct. And upon rewatching it, I found a fun thing recently. I rewatched it was, uh, there's a, there's a little song and dance number in the, in the movie. And, uh, that song and dance number was covered, or at least the song was covered by, uh, the White Stripes on one of the early albums. Oh. Now I had known all the lyrics to the song because I liked the White Stripes on the early album. And then like they start singing this, this little hymn for, uh, for, you know, uh, for Kane and, like, I've listened to it, I'm like, wait a second, I know this song. How the hell do I know the lyrics to this song? I, You know, I've seen this movie maybe three times in my life, and it was 15 <laughs> years ago the last time, and then I was like, oh my god, this is a White Stripes song. Like, really weird, you know, uh, cognitive oddness that, that could go through your head after that. Because my actual thought was, uh, this is a White Stripes cover. And then, of course, my brain went, that's the dumbest thing you've ever thought, brain, you should punch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, time-traveling White Stripes cover. Um, let's see. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you was, and this is just a dumb thing, but in Chicago, do you guys, uh, like really hate cows? Like, is it like an anti-Hindu place?
1: Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh,
0: okay. I was just thinking because that old O'Leary thing and burned down the whole city. I oh, thought it'd be fun ah. to have like an, an anti-Hindu like vibe there where everybody's like kind of subtly annoyed at cattle.
1: Oh God. I have never, <laughs> that had never occurred to me.
0: Well, cause you guys get fucked with the, the second city terminology, which growing up I just always assumed that meant because like you weren't as good as New York but then I was like oh no it's actually literally they rebuilt the city so it's the second city yeah. uh, um so yeah you got kind of fucked uh really bad with a nickname because of some shithead cow
1: yeah and I I don't know I I'm not that great with Chicago history but I I think that that whole O'Leary's cow thing is not true or at least it's not totally true um yeah, I would
0: assume it's not true, but it's the story that gets told. It's, you know, uh, Nero wasn't in Rome when Rome burned. He actually rushed I back know. and caused this giant humanitarian effort and Rome thanked him for it because he, he gave from the coffers back to the, like, the middle class to rebuild the houses. Like, Nero was actually, that was one of his more, uh, you know, benevolent moments was when the Great Fire happened. But unless you're a student of Roman history, which I like to be, you don't know that story. You think he played the fiddle while Rome burned. Which,
1: yeah, that's about as far as I knew.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. He wasn't even in Rome, and he had this really great humanitarian backing of it. Like he was, he was like the Rudy Giuliani after uh, after nine eleven. Like came <laughs> back, he gave a whole shitload of money, started rebuilding projects. Like that was like his really high, that was probably his high point as emperor. And so, Bell, the story gets passed down the generations to us, and you know, it's this shithead guy that's laughing maniacally as the city burns. Yeah,
1: that's that's really weird. I, I wonder why that would happen. Why it would go from well, I think it's humanitarian to well, I think it's because he
0: he he did go psycho at the end of his reign. Like he was, he did become a fucking sociopath. And mm-hmm. since the since Rome burned while he was in power, I think it just became like a really uh, like a convenient. People
1: are like blame him.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, because yeah, he's a fucking psycho. Like he's he's the nut job that was. Uh, like people blame George W. Bush for 9/11. The dude was in office for like what a few months. Like. Do you realize how long it would take to plan that shit? But, like, the collective unconscious or whatever, like, the, the theme is, like, oh, it's associated with him. But, yeah. like, as much as I want to blame him for everything, I don't think you had time to plan that if it was planned, which I don't think it was. But, like, he just got there. Like, it wasn't, you know, it's September 11th. And what's when do you take office as president? He
1: barely has a brain on top of that. Oh, so, yeah. Well, I more mean,
0: yeah. well he's, he also, but he had Vader as 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 vice president. so. <laughs> One, he looked like Vader when the mask came off at the end. And then two, he's like bionic and somehow doesn't get, you know, busted for anything. He shot his (laughs) friend in the face and his friend apologized. I mean, the guy's on gangster shit.
1: That is one of the most incredible stories, I think, of American history, period. He shoots his friend in the face and his friend apologized for it. I'm sorry I was in your way. Yeah, that
0: is some backroom gangster shit. Like, you know, there were some real threats going down of... You know, violence or something like, that. oh, you know, it'd be unfortunate if your family found themselves in a little bit of another hunting accident. Maybe you want to apologize.
1: Yeah, Cheney's an OG. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, you know, good for him. He fell off the face of the planet somehow and never got charged his weight against him. And, or if he did, he got out of it and he's still inexplicably alive and he's got a, some kind of robot heart. So,
1: Yeah. Scary
0: yeah well you know that's the uh that's the singularity you know there's gonna be the 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 one percent are gonna be the immortals and we're gonna be down Cheney's here Borg yeah exactly Cheney is Borg he's gonna he's gonna be the hot chick from uh from the from that Star Trek movie Borg with the Borg yeah and uh yeah he's gonna be half naked and you know his legs are gonna be gone which is Shooting uh,
1: people in their faces
0: yeah which would be I mean I would watch that movie I don't want to be in the country if it happens.
1: Yeah, I'll watch it though.
0: Yeah, from I
1: uh, do love to be entertained.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go to the expatriate somewhere, and then you know, then I'll I'll try to look at it a little <laughs> bit, you know, from from afar. I'll be down in like Chile, I'll just be like, hey, look at that! All the the one percent are 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 calling themselves the hires, and the rest of the country they're calling them morlocks. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fritz Lang was right. Well, Sally Smash, we have been talking for one hour and ten minutes, and that is about the length of the show.
1: Oh well, look at that.
0: Yes, thank you very much for joining me. On, on the program is there uh any kind of like website or tumblers or anything you want to uh you want to tell the audience about to draw their attention towards
1: no really the only thing if you would like to hear more from me or see just how many cores i'm drinking or how many cheetos i'm eating <laughs> there's just my twitter that's it
0: <laughs> all right so at sally smash on twitter
1: that's it and, yeah
0: right, so you don't you don't do uh like any kind of writing stuff you don't post that anywhere i know you've referenced being a writer a few times
1: Um, I don't really post anywhere. Uh, I am, I'm working on a website right now, um, with a couple other people. So it's, it's coming, it's in the works. There's just, um, there's a lot of work that goes into putting quality content out there and we would like to have it be as close to perfect as possible before we even start talking about it. So that's, uh, it's coming so right now all i have is my twitter i don't really do the whole tumblr thing um oh i don't even,
0: i honestly barely know what tumblr is but i've had enough guests tell me it uh, that um that's what i ask <laughs> cuz yeah, i don't i've I never tried, been on uh, it
1: i tried having my own wordpress and and doing my own blog and um I, it, it really seems kind of it it seems ridiculous to me to be using like twitter for almost not quite a constant stream of thought but um I do put quite a quite a few things on Twitter so it seemed kind of silly to me to be tweeting and having my own personal blog um so I stopped doing that uh mostly I just do my writing for myself and for my website that will be coming <laughs> no, it's cool. No, I, I, sometime this year. No,
0: no, I I only ask because I you know I'd be I'd be curious as to what uh the 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 scribblings of uh, Miss Sally Smash sound like. And say scribblings because that was the word that popped in my head, not to demean your your input.
1: Oh no, I assumed you said scribblings because you've actually seen my handwriting. So. Oh no,
0: <laughs> I, I I I am looking down at mine, and it does look like some kind of some kind of special needs person was trying to write cuneiform. But um, yeah, it's not very legible. Yeah, I guess if you say special needs, it's still just as insulting as saying retarded. So I probably just shouldn't have said that at all. But eh, yeah, what are you gonna do? I'm trying to, you know, trying to be, uh, trying to be uh, PC in as much as ones that I think matter.
1: Yeah, I try not to say retarded anymore because it it was like the probably one of the number one used words out of my entire vocabulary, and I realize that it's offensive. but it does it does just sound good. That's that's the unfortunate thing. I am it's still just... enamored
0: with it. Yeah, it's a really useful word. And unfortunately growing up, I did not associate it with with like a special needs person. It retarded meant I mean, it meant that, but it wasn't them. Like I would never like I even as a kid, I would never call like a you know I never would call a retarded person retarded. I mean, that would be insulting. Right. But you know, you'd call your friend retarded because they're acting retarded, but Unfortunately, that doesn't work. It's God the, the racism language or the you know the unpc language of our youth is so hard to like detangle. Like like uh, I I don't use uh, faggot anymore uh, unless I'm you know referencing uh, that word. But when I was a kid, that was like a that was like a, a word you used, and like I don't even think I was aware of its like homosexual overtones. It was just like your friend was being a faggot. Like it wasn't like it was just a your friend was being pejorative word. Right. You know, like I didn't even like it wouldn't even that, you know, until it started like thankfully people started to draw and touch into how insulting that was. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to definitely not say that one anymore. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah.
1: hurtful. So yeah,
0: I didn't. Take that out. <laughs> yeah, didn't actually know. I mean, it's not that I didn't think about it. I just, you know, I was, re- you know, it'd be like finding out that like, you know, rye bread meant something bad. It's like it's just a word that was in my vocabulary from when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, I said um, I said heebie jeebies to someone one time and they were like, you can't say that. Because apparently it's um it, it's kind of like a, a derogatory term for Hebrew people. A- and I it never occurred to me. Like yeah. I, I had no idea. I, I thought heebie jeebies just meant same thing as like creepy crawly. You know? I, I, so. I, I
0: actually do think uh heebie doesn't come from that. Uh, I don't think its derivation is is anti Semitic, but it uh, the, the term Hebe is is uh, uh, an anti Semitic term. And I think I think heebie-jeebie doesn't come from that. Uh, I don't think it's got the same uh, uh, derivation. I mean, I mean, so I to... can still say it. No, uh, you know, you're you're <laughs> uh There there's you're also not allowed to say um, uh, spick and span anymore uh, because uh, uh, you know that's that, that's an insulting term for uh, some South American thing. I'm not sure. I'm not really hip to the racist it's language. Terrible. But one of them. But like, yeah, the term spick and span, like, which was a I think there was a product line when I was a kid, but that yeah, you're not allowed to say that anymore. I'm and pretty
1: sure Spick and Span is still a, a a kitchen cleaner, a bleach based kitchen cleaner.
0: Oh yeah, maybe it is, but I I know that's supposed to be a uh, you know a fair both in term. And here's one that bothered me. I swear I'm going to let you go in a second, but maybe you can help me out with this. When when kids in 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 younger classes, whatever a uh, kindergarten, sure, sit uh, cross legged. They're sitting uh, crisscross applesauce. Now uh, that is the term. <laughs> Now it's be- not
1: it's not indian style like no, it was when we were kids
0: but you, but here's my problem when i was a kid and and until i found out they're not using the term anymore i thought that was just like they didn't want to say lotus position i thought that meant the su- <laughs> i thought that meant the subcontinent of india like do native americans sit like that
1: i don't think so like
0: i i don't think i like i mean i guess i'm wrong because or maybe people are just overly sensitive but like I sw- I just thought that was an Indian thing because like that's way, like Saudis and meditating people sit. I just assumed that was like like uh, the Mahabharata India, not not you know the Great Plains at the you know Indian.
1: Yeah, and that would make more sense actually.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I'm glad you didn't know that because I thought this was one of those things where uh, it's going to be like Alex, uh, how dumb can you possibly be that you weren't aware of this? But I yeah, no no fucking concept of that. But anyway, we're not uh, Indian style is uh, uh, offensive.
1: Crisscross applesauce it is.
0: Yeah, um, I guess. I mean, yeah, I'm going to go crisscross applesauce and try to open my third eye, which (laughs) um, I I probably can't say that because uh, some people with, you know, some kind of, you know, polycephaly uh, would find it insulting. Mm. Polycephaly (laughs) worked. Uh, Yes. So thank you very much. uh, At Sally Smash, uh, the lovely, the talented. And uh, I will see you on the Twitter.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, yes.
0: Until the next. Good evening.
1: All right. Good evening.